beginning. I don't know if you've heard any of these, but mm -hmm. there's really no beginning to these things, nor end. I like that. I heard the one with Benson. I thought it was pretty cool. It just kind of okay. randomly starts somewhere. You start it wherever you want, I guess, since you're the master behind the curtain. I just, um, this little zoom takes a while to warm up. Mm -hmm. So as soon as it's on, I hit record and then we're rolling. So we're rolling? We're rolling. Beautiful. And I don't care about, as you probably heard on his, I don't care about, I actually like lols. Yeah. You have to think. Oh, okay. Yeah, you, know, you have to go to the bathroom just to take the thing off. Yeah, because I, we didn't have a script. You didn't send me a, a you know, <laughs> no. you didn't have, my publicist didn't approve your question. No, 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 no. Nothing that official. Nothing That's that good. Official. Yeah. But um, I, I'm so glad you're doing this. Number one, thank you for doing this. Oh, yeah. You know. It's great to be part of your, uh, I like your program, the ones I've heard so far. Cool. So um, I took your class and I loved it, you know. I loved your, your, I took the portrait one. I loved your teaching style. I loved, I mean, you changed my photography in a sense, you know, because I didn't feel I was, had any aptitude for portrait. And, uh, you know, I just shoot skateboarding, so. Yeah. I didn't know that I could do anything beyond that or that I'd be interested in doing that. And you, <laughs> you kind of helped me to, to, to get there, you know. Oh, and, wow. Um, but I didn't ever, you know, I'm like the shyest person in the world, so in your class, you know, if I had... Oh boy, drama, drama starting. So, uh, if, it's about another podcast. Oh yeah. So, um, if I had questions for you, you know, I would never ask, even if I had, even yeah. if you said, everybody, you have a question, I just. Yeah, you were quiet, but you were quiet. great. I enjoyed having you in the class, because mm. I felt that you were listening and. I was, I was listening to every word yeah. you said. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so, you know, like how, Tell me about photography. How long have you been doing it? So I always loved photography. You know, like a lot of photographers, you know, the truth is um, my aunt gave me a Polaroid camera. I think it was for my ninth or 10th birthday mm. and black and white Polaroid swinger. Mm. So, That's you know, awesome. I would just make family pictures and that kind of a thing. But mm. then it, it accelerated when I was in high school and I started backpacking. I was invited to go on a backpacking trip to the high Sierra in between eighth and ninth grade. Mm -hmm. And I'd never been to the High Sierra or Yosemite, oh, any beautiful. places like that. Yeah. And it just, I was in awe of the beauty and I thought, well, I want to make some better pictures. And so one of the dads mm. that was one of the leaders had a little uh, rangefinder, a little rolly. And he, you know, he shot 35 millimeter Kodachrome. Oh, and wow. I thought, man, I want one of those cameras that you can adjust exposure and have a little bit of control. So. Mm -hmm. um, then in high school, I ended up on the cross country team, and our cross country coach was a great photographer. Oh. Still is. He he shot track and field mostly, and oh. some swimming. Went oh. to many Olympics. Really? Yeah, top notch track and field photographer. Anyway, so um, my track coach Don Chattis was the photo instructor at El Dorado High School in Placentia. Okay. So I was very very fortunate to have. Don as um, my coach and my photo That's awesome. instructor. Yeah. Dual benefits there. And and so on the photography side, besides also one of the best track coaches in probably the United States for high school track and field and cross country, fantastic track coach. Mm. But he also um, brought me in at a young age. I, well, when I was in high school, one of his clients had, there was a, um, a magazine called Starting Line and it, it was all about youth track and field. They needed someone to cover the Arcadia Invitational track meet. Mm -hmm. And Don had another commitment, another shoot, and said, hey, Hershey, he goes, this guy, Monty, who publishes, anyway, get out there, you know, 
bring about 10 or 20 rolls of Tri-X and, uh, you know, shoot, you know, he'll have a list, you know, long yeah. jump, high jump. There's a kid who's like national champion, etc. So anyway, mm -hmm. he kind of threw me into the water wow. <laughs> before I knew how to swim. And there wow. I was shooting for a magazine. And I think I was 16, Whoa. my junior year of high school. What did you, how did you feel about that? I mean, what did you? Well, probably like a lot of things in, in, in life that I think have helped me, a lot of choices I've made. I think, I think I'm one of those, um, I think you probably find this in a lot of creative people. Where we like to kind of have the hell scared out of us every once in a while in order to get on to the next level. So I was, I was of course, you know, a little nervous, but um, I loved photography and I knew track and field, you know, I was a runner but a lot of my friends did the long jump and high jump and pole vault. So, you know, I just went out there and did it and um, they were very happy. So Monty kept giving me more assignment work and I would process the film at home and in the bathroom at my parents' house. Wow. Made the prints myself in my little $79 yeah, and larger. larger. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, then, wow. you know, in high school, a lot of my friends were uh, on the track team were, you know, getting accepted to some some of the more prestigious colleges and you know doing pre-med and pre-law and the only thing i really loved was photography and i just really connected with that you know it just kind of got me going so um there was an article in the la times when my senior year my dad saw it about what a great fantastic program orange coast college had okay. back then i think it was the biggest photography program of any publicly funded college west of the Mississippi. Really? Yeah, that's when, you know, John Upton was in, uh, oh ahead goodness. of it, and wow. Arthur Talsig was there. They had some fantastic teachers, mm. um, as did Cypress College, Did too. they at that time? Oh, fantastic, mm. Cypress. But this article kind of had that little PR spin on it, and my dad said, well, why don't, why don't you go there your first couple of years? And I think, you know, you might as well go to the best. It's within driving distance of where we live. And wow. So, I mean, you know, your dad, supported art so my dad was a, um, a phd college professor he taught at fullerton community college okay. and his background was in his specialty was in educational psychology okay and you know i think he was hoping more that i would become a teacher or sure. college professor he didn't really understand the commercial world or you know the art world or the ad agency business and all which i ended up doing you know most of my career working but mm -hmm. he supported me you know following my dream and my passion and, and awesome. always encouraged me you know not to abandon the dream so to speak do you think his so, support had an effect on your success oh yeah i think my, my parents support definitely had an effect on my success you know they always encouraged me to take the workshops i took mm -hmm. and um, I took a lot of classes with John Sexton when he used to live down in La Mirada. He taught adult, adult ed classes um, and he also did a lot of workshops. So, you know, through John, I got a lot of great, you know, um, photography, mm -hmm. you know, instruction. And he was, he inspired me a great deal as well. And these so. names, it's like you're talking about some like trade school that you would go to that you'd pay like $10,000 yeah. a week to yeah. attend. I mean, this yeah. is just literally Orange Coast? Yeah, well, Orange Coast, and then through the, then it was called the North Orange County Community College District Adult Education. Um, that's where John Sexton mm -hmm. taught. There was a guy named Don Huntsman who taught there who was yeah. phenomenal. Uh -huh. You know, they taught zone system, and, uh -huh. and, and, and all these guys worked, you know, as assistants at Ansel Adams Yosemite Workshop. So, you know, I was, fortunate to have training by some of the best fine art black and white printers in the world 
Uh, and then Rob Johnson came into my life. Rob was mm. the uh, Cypress College department mm -hmm. chair for many years. Mm -hmm. um, Rob, the way I met Rob was one day I got a phone call and it was Rob Johnson calling um, to my house when I was a student at Cal State Fullerton. Mm. And he said he was looking for a lab assistant for a class he was about to start teaching at uh, through the adult ed program, okay. photography class, creative photography. Okay. And he got my name from John Sexton. So he reached out to John and asked if he knew someone who would be a good lab assistant. Mm. And John gave him my information. And Rob and I, I've known Rob for many, many years. Yeah. And, um, you know, Rob, Rob's been a great influence too. His, his How so? pa passion for photography, his amazing technique and accuracy and you know rob's a musician too he loves no, music and but what is he does, yeah he he was doing some music on a computer kind of experimental oh, yeah yeah he has a an interesting he's background next time. he's on my list yeah oh yeah, i want to talk to him yeah rob would be great he's one of my favorite people over there yeah or was there I mean, yeah. yeah and then i i was fortunate to have you know at cal state fullerton some great instructors mm -hmm. back in the day the fine art program at cal state fullerton was was impressive. I mean, Daryl Kern was there, Eileen Cowan, um, Jerry Birchfield was my teacher, taught color in the fine art program. Mm -hmm. And Jerry, I just, you know, I, I really can never say enough about Jerry Birchfield. He taught at Cypress too. I don't know if you ever met Jerry. I, think I never got to meet but him. But you know of him, of course. Yes. But, yeah. Oh, he was just amazing. Mm -hmm. um, just you say a, he taught color, so color theory or what was So the, it, the class I took from Jerry yeah. Birchfield at Cal State Fullerton was a class in color photography where it was a um, little bit of both. You know, we looked at work of, of other photographers, right. mostly in the fine art field. Fine art, fashion too, you know, mm -hmm. like, um, you know, we probably looked at Guy Bourdain's mm -hmm. work and, mm -hmm. and, and also uh, Stephen Shore, you mm -hmm. know, people, Joel, Joel Sternfeld, um, Joel Meyerowitz, you know. To analyze those. Yeah, we looked at their work, mm -hmm. but then Jerry, you know, he ran that lab, BC Space. Jerry was also a great printer, especially of Cibachrome. Um, okay. But at Fortin, I learned how to print type C color prints, so learn about all the filtration and wow. the enlargers and all that. So he w and he was just a fantastic teacher. So yeah, I was fortunate, you know. Just, and it's amazing. And then back, you know, as far as my career goes, then Rob Johnson yeah. must come into play again. I, I um, must credit Rob introduced me to a, a great photographer uh, who's a, a good friend of mine, Robert Neese. Okay. Uh, who had gone to Art Center okay. and worked in LA for several big, big name, you know, commercial photographers. And mm -hmm. so, so Rob uh, introduced me to Bob Neese when I was looking for assisting work after getting out of Cal State Fulton with a, a bachelor's degree, actually in art history. Okay. Even yep. though I was mainly a photo major, but I loved art history too. So okay. um, it was tough to find work because assistants, you know, were coming out of Art Center and Brooks that knew all the lighting and mm -hmm. strobe and all that and color mm -hmm. meters and. I didn't really have a lot of that training with strobe. I had no training with strobe equipment. All available lights. Color meters. So it was all fine artwork, but I knew, you know, my work habits were good. And um, Robert Neese loves fine art photography. And he'd also taken classes with, with Don Huntsman and Sexton. So he knew to look for someone who had good work habits, you mm -hmm. know, about being thorough with everything and mm -hmm. accurate with temperature. Because back in the day, we would process our own black and white commercially. So mm. if you shot products, and it was all black and white for a catalog, we would hand process the four by five sheet film. That was a part of your expected 
My job. Your job. Yeah, awesome. I'd, we'd you come back. You didn't hand it over to A&E, you were just... No, not yet. Eventually, we had some labs, you know, like A&I. A &I, and, 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 yeah, so, yeah, and, and in Orange County, we had some phenomenal labs. There was a lab called Image Control. Mm -hmm. He had a Refrima processor. He did all black and white. And uh, the, the gentleman that owned Image Control, owned Image Control, was also an Orange Coast College student who did very well. And so eventually put in a Refrima line for the black and white, and it was just very clean. So then we started giving them mm -hmm. the film. Mm -hmm. um, so that worked out well. It was well. cost effective to pay that, to have that done? So oh you, yeah. You didn't have to do it? We didn't have to do it. Well, you know, you'd bill mm -hmm. the clients for the film and processing anyway, but the time involved with, you know, hand processing mm -hmm. 20 rolls of black and white. Oh man. I mean, you'd do maybe four rolls at a time in a tank, but it was it was time consuming. So mm -hmm. there were a lot of late nights, you know. I was so, going to say. Yeah. But it was good training because I learned to, the you know, the, the idea of stamina and not not giving up. You got to finish the job and the mm -hmm. other um, thing I was taught was the importance of deadlines. You know, if you tell the mm -hmm. client you'd have the eight by 10 prints, you know, the next day at 10 a.m., mm -hmm. you better have them. You better be in the parking lot at 9.50, right. ready to walk in the door. You right. know, the last thing you want to do is have your client calling you up, wanting to know where's the job. Even now with digital, you that'd know. Be you, the, that'd be the last call you get from that client. It, yeah, with many yeah. clients it would be. Yeah. They shouldn't have to do that. No. So, um, you know, it was good, good training, good discipline, and mm -hmm. yeah, so. That's the that's the uh, that culture of a professional photographer. And a lot of a lot of media jobs are that way, where where that you don't. There's no second chance. Generally, you yeah. gotta sort of nail it and sort of hand it in on time or a little early. Oh yeah, as you, you know, I use your saying all the time. My children have heard it a million times. Probably hate you because of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. And um, well, I tell you, there's nothing like you know being on a job and having my assistant, um, you know, text me and say, I'm here and I'm still getting off the 10 freeway, you know, in Culver City and he's already there. It's a great feeling to know that my assistant is waiting, you know, to unload the car and get ready. And rather than me <laughs> waiting, getting there, looking around, wondering if he uh, remembered we had that shoot today or not. Yeah. So, and, and, and it probably affects the shoot. Yeah, it does. It's, it affects the whole day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've had people show up late and, and see the client asking me, you know, where so-and-so, I thought they were going to, you know, bring the coffee and breakfast in and what, where, where's the caterer? And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm there on the phone calling the caterer and, you know, and, and uh, that's why I also, I, don't, I think this came later, I would say in, when I taught that class at Cyprus, I would always say, I don't want any problems. I don't like problems. <laughs> so that's, I mean, with my shoots, I definitely don't want any problems. No, no. And being on time is something that doesn't really cost any extra money. You just leave a half an hour. Yes. <laughs> you know. Things happen. Yeah. Car crashes. And so oh, yeah. yeah. All the good time. As, yeah, leave earlier. Yeah. But uh, I think it's really valuable information, you know, yeah. that. You know, just to, I'm just going to, I kind of jag around, but you heard, you said a few things that sort of triggered my uh, ADD, which one was fine art photographer. So define for well, me what a fine art photographer is. Yeah, so my background, when I started out, my education was in strictly fine art photography and, and personal expression. Um, for me, fine art photography, one of, one of my great teachers, uh, Eileen Cowan at Cal State Florida, and I think her, one of the things she taught me was, you know, as an artist or mm -hmm. photographer, or I guess you could say illustrator, painter, mm -hmm. is uh, having a point of view. A point of view. Yeah, mm -hmm. so you're not just making all kind of images of, of 
you know, whatever it is, but it could be that. It could also be... Does that mean a theme or is that different? Well, it, it could be a theme mm -hmm. or it could be a point of view like Robert Frank's work, the, you know, the great mm -hmm. book, love, The Americans, you know, his point of view. Mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of depressing. So the story you know. he's trying to tell? Yeah. Is that a point of view as His well? point of view is kind of depressing, you know, mm -hmm. um, at that time and place. And um, But also, you know, stylistically, work, work doesn't have to be, you know, in his case, maybe it was kind of social photography. Mm -hmm. um, it had people in social situations, mm -hmm. whereas someone else might like to do, you know, landscapes, beautiful landscapes, mm -hmm. uh, like Ansel did, Ansel mm -hmm. Adams. Mm -hmm. um, I think his point of view is just how beautiful, you know, the American West is and maybe his photographs, you know, politically influenced protecting some of our parks and mm -hmm. lands. Do you think not. there was an intention in there? I, I think so. Um, maybe it became one. I, I met Ansel and I, and I do know that he was, um, you know, definitely a big fan of protecting the environment and Yosemite and that kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that was his intent though. You know, he mm -hmm. was trained as a concert pianist, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Ansel was. Mm -hmm. um, originally, it's um, yeah, you know, and he he had that great saying where you know technically, um, how did that go? The, the the negative is the score, and the print is the performance. Mm -hmm. So he was really big on printing. I know in one of your other talks, conversations with I think it was Benson, <laughs> he, you were talking about printing out of an Epson printer and how I was talking about that. Yeah, I think. Was you was it you that credited Rob Johnson for teaching yeah. you how to tweak some of the levels well, I mean, it's just, to I, get the output? Yeah, yeah. I was a, I'm not a photographer like you. I did some assisting when I was younger, and yeah, I did some work, you know. But um, that was just a rude awakening when I began to have to print. Yeah, I mean that's a whole other, uh, you know, art form in itself. It's a whole other discipline, printing. Yeah, yeah. And not just film, but just to get go spend five thousand bucks on an Epson printer and plop it down and start printing. It just doesn't look yeah. That's a whole thing. Yeah. And, and Rob had the magic, man. I mean, he was just, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you know. no, Rob, he was a, uh, is a great technician. But mm -hmm. back to your question about what is art, I mean, Bill Wegman did all these portraits on, the, you know, the 20 mm -hmm. by 24 Polaroid, mm -hmm. um, you know, with his dog, you mm -hmm. know. And um, he did videos with his mm -hmm. dog. Mm -hmm. um, and that was his point of view. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's kind of his deal. And, and you know, the the... The, the books he sold, he was even on, I think, wasn't he on Sesame Street with the dogs? I think he was. He, he, he achieved great fine art world success and commercial success too. I mean, he has books out that are, you know, very popular in popular culture. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not just um, specifically like photographic books, right. Um, right. you know. So I'm trying to recall the name of the great Brazilian photographer, um, Oh boy, now I'm forgetting. Black okay. and white. He shot It'll come back mine around. workers. Uh, 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 oh, oh Sebastian Salgada. Okay. Did I say it right? Anyway, uh -huh. I don't speak Brazilian. I speak Spanish, but not Brazilian Portuguese. <laughs> but his work is beautiful. It's very documentary, and it's just, it's not as you wouldn't buy one of his prints for a poster and put it up in your, you know, your mm -hmm. your daughter's bedroom. Mm -hmm. Whereas maybe Bill Wegman's portrait of of one of his daw of Fay Ray, you know, would would make a cute portrait in the kid's bedroom. So or accessible can, to a larger yeah, or, or cards, greeting cards, or mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. So it's no, what kinda, did you? What fine art stuff did you shoot when you were? So I, I did a little bit, you know, you I, I was influenced by my teacher. So with, with John Sexton, a lot of landscape, yeah. nature, outdoors. Mm -hmm. What was um, the process with a, a big, gigantic, 
camera with the, you know, the gigantic film and the yeah. gigantic tripod. Started out, you know, with 35 yeah. millimeter, and then I bought a medium format twin lens reflex, an inexpensive little Yashica. Yep, I have Yashica one of those. mat, great camera, yep. great lens. Mm -hmm. And then one of my instructors at Orange Coast was selling a five by seven Deerdorf, wooden Deerdorf camera, which was made in Chicago, and it had a four by five reducing back. Okay. So I could shoot either four by five or five by seven oh, cool. sheet film. Wow. And I, I asked John Sexton, hey, would this be a good camera for me to buy? And his eyes just opened up. He said, oh, <laughs> that's a great deal. I would definitely buy that. If you don't buy it, let me know, I'll buy it. So uh -huh. I was fortunate you know, to have stumbled into that. Um, mm. That was a bargain. It was a, a teacher who just wasn't using it anymore. Mm. So yeah, I was out shooting with a view camera and the dark cloth and you know mm -hmm. I'd get up early in the morning and before Orange Coast and go down to Newport Beach and just photograph sand or things you know mm -hmm. patterns and designs. Mm -hmm. um, I love the work of Harry Callahan too mm -hmm. and you know he was a great influence. I never met him but I love his black and white. He did color too but his black and white mm -hmm. photography is very graphic, mm -hmm. much more graphic than the you know landscape work of, of Ansel Adams or, or John Sexton. Um, and I, you know, I've always loved uh, Edward Weston's work mm -hmm. too. He worked mm -hmm. simple. The, the thing with Edward Weston was, I think he only had one lens, and he made all contact sheets, you know, with eight by ten film. And I think he just used a light bulb in the ceiling to expose. Yeah, he 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 was. Uh, I don't want to say poor, but he was not wealthy. You know, he wasn't mm -hmm. shopping at the Louis Vuitton store <laughs> in Carmel. But did that somehow affect his art in a good, positive way? I think it just, you know, it kept his vision simple and pure. Yeah, he didn't have all these gizmos and gadgets. You know, now now there's so many, you know, fun, really great options. You know, people are always asking me, what, should I buy an Olympus? Should I buy a Fuji? What about or, Canon, you know? Or mirrorless or, yeah, yeah, yeah DSLR, right. Yeah. Do you think that stuff matters? I think it matters that you work with a tool that you're most comfortable with. It's like anything, you know. Um, if if you get the you know the right the right lens and camera, and you can make your pictures with it. Because I started out with a 50 millimeter lens and mm -hmm. a and a body, and mm -hmm. mostly just shot triax. I didn't have a, a telephoto. That'd be fun to do right now. We just yeah. left this place and went and did that right now. We'd have a lot of fun. I think it's a good exercise to just maybe shoot for a month only with a 50 or mm -hmm. only with a 35 fixed lens and not not get so caught up in the different lenses and lights and tools and all that. But uh, it's good to know how to use them when they're, when they're helpful to make a better picture, you know, or right. to solve a problem. Yes, you know? absolutely. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. So you've got this big camera, you're lugging it around, you're shooting yeah. sand. Yeah. And then it evolved to what? Then, then you, you got out of fine art, you got more into commercial? So, no, so I, I was in fine art throughout college, you know, had work in some you're, group, group shows. And you're processing those sheets at school now because of at home oh, yeah at home, at home. A big gigantic tub in five your... by seven and four by five in a, mm -hmm. a pyrex dish that uh john sexton liked a lot so there's a way to do it without buying fancy equipment how do you do that because my sink's not big enough so the bathtub or something like that or yeah so on the counter in the in a you know in a bathroom in a with dish. with okay. two sinks i would just put something down to protect it because the chemicals stayed in the Pyrex dishes, you know, mm -hmm. so you'd start with your pre-wet and your developer and et cetera, mm -hmm. and then wash it. But yeah, I just did it simple. We You're didn't have a, this. yeah, exactly. Well, he had us picking up the bottom. John had a like great cards. way. 
Yeah, from the bottom to the top, very okay. smooth and even, and you got very smooth agitation, mm -hmm. you know. So mm -hmm. technically, that was that was a great way to work, and mm -hmm. without having to buy a lot of expensive machines, <laughs> mm -hmm. all that. That's so fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you do you still mess with film? So I haven't shot film in probably about four years. Um, I love film, but I just you know it it's, it slows me down. Yeah. Um, I I had a, you know Hasselblad equipment and I I pulled it out and shot some film. It was probably been about six years ago. Okay. And I was going to do a project with it. Okay. But I would go to the you know go. I shot some test rolls with it, make sure everything was working, and then I liked it. Go to the film lab, have them process the film, and. Six years ago, they weren't turning it around in two hours like they used to, sure. E6. So it took forever to get the film. And then the, the frames you liked, you'd have to scan them. Yep. And, I, and uh, a good friend, retoucher friend of mine, Michael Stanley, <laughs> jokingly when I told him about it, said, said to me, Hershey, why do you think they call it a Hasselblad? I said, I don't know. Why, Michael? He said, because it's a big hassle. You got to put film in it, send it to the lab. That's horrible. So, well, no, he was, he was joking, of course, yeah, but know. he's basically saying, you know, you've got this great Canon 5D. Why don't you just shoot that and you can go ahead and start editing and post them right away. Right. And, you know, for me, that the right thing to do was to continue on with digital. It just Absolutely. made sense. Yeah. But from a business standpoint, yeah, yeah, you can't be competitive. Well, for a, for commercial work or editorial, yeah. everyone wants it. They want to know if they can get a picture right then and there on the on the shoot half the time. Yes. So yeah, yes. exactly. Like Eric was saying on the other shoot, he he'll do a thing, and people will trump him just by with their phones, and they'll send it off, and that becomes a big yeah. center of the whole wedding. Is yeah. some guy's cell phone picture. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So yeah, you need to be digital savvy. Right. But doesn't that affect the process? Well, it. I I I really love digital, and um, especially once they they got it to where the skin tones were good, where the where the you know Canon had a sensor where I liked seeing the skin tones. That's when I I jumped into digital, um, and I love Lightroom and Lightroom Mobile. And I do like being able to edit something on my phone or my or my tablet, mm -hmm. and get it right to the client. You know, airdrop it to them on a shoot if they need something for their social media right away. Mm -hmm. And it, I I am enjoying it just you like, like I enjoyed, you know, processing 120 rolls of Triax. You know, of my personal work that mm -hmm. I shot for myself. That was very enjoyable. And mm -hmm. printing fiber-based prints in the darkroom. But mm -hmm. I I enjoy uh, printing digital prints and working in Lightroom and Photoshop. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I like it now. That's kind of the way I, the way I work. Do you feel this for me? Any, even though you like it, do you feel that it's because you're changing your process that it's changing your art? Meaning that, because you know, <clears throat> the thing is, is that the isn't the gear kind of leading us around by the nose? Like if you're in the car, manipulating. I've been, I, me and Raul used to go out and shoot some street stuff, and as I'm driving him back to the house, you know, he's on his phone transferring from a Sony to the, and he's editing right there. Right. I mean, isn't that sort of like somebody having a gun to your head saying, hurry up? And doesn't, it, doesn't that change that process? I think so, it does. Um, the other thing that I've observed and others have pointed out to me, a lot of our work kind of looks the same, because a lot of us are all shooting with the same Canon camera or Nikon. Mm -hmm. And when I shot, things on, let's say medium format, Hasselblad or Mamiya, you had kind of a different look because yes. of the big uh, medium format. Yes. And so um, there's definitely something, it's kind of homogenized the way our, 
our, our work has looked, our looks. But, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of photographers have their own kind of formula or recipe for their post, you know, the way they edit their pictures and they get kind of a look. It's true. Um, like back when, I don't know if you were assisting Ken back when cross-processing was a big, <laughs> a big deal. Sure. When I would get these clients, hey, we want, we got this ad campaign. Do you do cross-processing? You know, it's kind of a, I wouldn't say a gimmick, but uh, it was a look. Yes. You know, and yes. I didn't, I didn't like imitating other people's work, but okay. they, they would, you know, they would have it signed off by the uh, marketing director. So you kind of had to have that cross-processing look. So, okay. you know, I learned how to do that, and it was, right. it was fun. It was kind of interesting, but mm -hmm. um, you know, whatever works. <laughs> <laughs> so that felt like a some gimmicky uh, filter on Instagram to you or something? It, it seemed to me like a trend of the time. And Which it was. Yeah, and it was very popular, but then, Kind of coming back with my daughter, she likes stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's, you know, it changes colors and gives mm -hmm. it a look, and um, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It mm -hmm. depends how, how you use it. You I know? mean, from a color theory standpoint, isn't cross-processing sort of a, a nod to fine art in some on some level it, it is in some way um, you know and there were two ways to do it with film you could shoot color negative film and have it processed in E6 or you could shoot E6 film and have it processed in C41 chemistry okay so and if you had a good lab they knew how to tweak it sometimes they'd even give you advice on you know shoot this uh, you know two stops slower so rate your film now at 25 instead of 160 okay. And, and vice versa, you know. Because they're anticipating. You lose, a, yeah, yeah, you lose speed. You would lose speed back mm -hmm. in the film days mm -hmm. doing it that way. But, mm. but uh, yeah. Right, that's cool. Do you think that um, a photographer who may be listening to this, do you think they should set down their camera and go take a drawing class or color theory class or art history class? Oh, most certainly, yeah. Um, I, I was in influenced by uh, a lot of great, you know, artists and art directors and, and taught at a young age how important, and I never did in college, I never took a drawing class. I mm -hmm. did take a 2D color and design and mm -hmm. a lot of art history, mm -hmm. um, color theory, you know, but I, I wish I had taken drawing classes because if nothing else, you can meet with a client and talk about ideas and sketch out, you know, the look you want and draw figures and mm -hmm. a background and, and so forth. And I think it, it only helps. And I know some of the great, um, one, of my, one of my favorite retouchers who was a great illustrator, you know, he came from an illustration background okay. and he had to illustrate freehand, you know, the old fashioned way. And he's amazing in Photoshop. And I, I know bet. I bet. that tra his illustration background really translates Absolutely. to help him Absolutely. be a great retoucher. Right. That know. makes sense. He was a retoucher. Illustrator yeah. Guy. Yeah. 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 So no, I think it all relates. I think mm -hmm. speaking Spanish, you know, having Spanish as a, um, not a, a minor in college, but mm -hmm. I took, I took a lot of Spanish in middle school, high school and college, you know, that helped make me a better photographer. Mm -hmm. and How so? I, I like this. Yeah. This is interesting. 